Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. <laughs> oh. That's funny, huh? Hi, I'm April Lovett. And I'm Daryl Lovett. We've been together for six years, and we have a sweet and sassy little girl, an adorable and talkative little boy, and our fur child, our dog, Lainey. That's right. We also work our nine-to-five jobs together, we teach together, and we own the Lovett Company. We do so much together, and we wanted to share some of our tips and tricks for living out our 24-7 relationship. That's right, a relationship that is all day, every day. Plus, we wanted to share with you how we managed to run our business alongside full-time jobs and still find time for kids, chores, and fun. So in this podcast, the Success in Black and White podcast, we will talk about navigating the gray in life. So get ready, get ready, get ready. We're going to be bringing to you Real Talk concepts every week as we share some of our stories, best practices, as well as talk to guests about how they found success by doing extraordinary things in their everyday lives. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Success in Black and White. The podcast. We are back one more again. We are back one more again. More again. I'm here. I'm professional. Coming to you live. From? The house. (laughs) All right. We back, y'all. We're back. Yeah, we took a week off. We did. Um, That's one of the the things that we're doing this year is, is... making more and taking more time for us so we mm-hmm. took last week off to get some things done and to just kind of um, and just spend time with family yeah yeah definitely it was a holiday weekend mm-hmm. and we had a chance to go and catch up with some of our family mm-hmm. and to relax uh, we enjoyed all of it yes so we back tonight we're gonna do another episode uh, we're gonna jump right in and try not to hold you too long um, try to keep it within our time frame. I looked at the notes and I was like, whoa, we got a lot to say. Well, that's because I wrote them. And when I write them, it looks like a novel. <laughs> when you write them, I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to talk about. Yeah. I don't know what the topic is. <laughs> yeah. You kind of talk about it and you just kind of go with it. But um, no, we definitely want to make sure that we cover the majority yeah. of this information because I feel like it's important. I feel like it'll help somebody. Yeah. So let's jump right in. What are we talking about tonight? Cool. Tonight we are talking about effective decision making. Making effective decisions. Yeah. It's not like, you know, what outfit am I going to wear today? Like that can be a very important decision depending on the audience you'll be in front of or around. Yeah. Uh, But I don't think it's necessarily that kind of decision. It's more like really big decisions. Yeah. I feel like it's a difference between making like those traditional or regular or um, daily decisions and effective decisions, because effective decisions mean like there's a purpose behind it. You're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. something. You're trying to drive or move something forward. So it needs to be effective. Mm-hmm. And then where your traditional or your regular or daily decisions kind of like, ah, like we're not moving anything forward. It'll impact. Somebody, maybe, me, maybe. Yeah. But it's not really a big deal. But those effective decisions is where you're trying to get results, I feel like, is yeah. the difference. And really, the the 
I really, when I was thinking about this, was equating it to like the workplace, especially because okay. I think that's where, I mean, obviously you have to make a lot of big decisions within like your family and, you know, within your life. But for the most part, I really thought of this as like, as it could affect a bunch of different people, maybe on your team, maybe different stakeholders. Um, so I really approach this from like a almost like a workplace or career, or I guess you could, it, it could be viewed as like major life decision. Okay. Like those, like you were talking about those really big, big decisions that you probably need to spend some time making. Yeah. And make sure that they are effective decisions. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, go ahead and jump right in and, and start us off. Okay. So as I thought about this, I think the first thing you really have to think about when you are looking to make really big decisions and you want them to be effective is you have to decide and you have to really examine the situation. Is this a self decision or is this a decision that will affect a lot of people? Would this be a team decision or something that needs to be made, not just on your own? Right. I think that when you're um, thinking about that, I feel like any decision like that you make with other people, like it's going to affect you one way or the the other. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Like the people are going to either positively be affected by it or negatively, and it's going to reflect on you either way. That's true. Um, So I feel like if you take the approach and when we're talking about relational and you're really considering and thinking about the people Mm -hmm. that it's going to affect, I feel like you will more than likely put yourself in position to make an effective decision that will positively hopefully impact you yeah well and there's times for like i don't know i this actually makes me think about last year when we did our leadership series and we talked about the types of leaders that there are because i feel like a lot of the leaders who would go in and make big decisions by themselves would be viewed more as like the autocratic or even like dictator type leaders Mm -hmm. But the type that come in and are like, okay, this is going to affect the team. And so I want the team to help me make this decision and like carry it out. Those are the people who are more like your democratic or like your, um, uh, what was the other one? The one that like you rally the troops and like you have everybody help make the decision. I can't remember the exact term for it, but that's kind of what I'm thinking of too, because you could, I mean, I feel like every decision, like you said, is going to affect a lot of people, especially if it's a big decision. But if you make it single handedly, sometimes that's good because sometimes you have to be the person making that decision single handedly. Right. But sometimes a lot of times, probably it's probably not very good because then you don't get buy in (laughs) from everybody else. It's very important that buy in is very important. It really is. That would be like if you came home and you're like, oh, hey, by the way, I just made this really big decision today, but I think it's going to be really effective, you know, and here's why. But I decided that we're going to move to New York City. (laughs) And I'd be like, do I get to say so? And you're like, no. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Ooh, that scared me because I did make a decision today that I didn't even run by you. Oh. But it wasn't as big as like moving to New York City. Oh, okay. I bought some cups. Oh. Measuring cups. Collapsible. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> so I made a decision without consulting with her, but we're talking about. I'm so excited. $10. Why didn't I see these? This is amazing. I, I just picked them out because they had so many options. And I feel like if I would have brought them to you, it would have just delayed the process. So I just picked what <laughs> where, I like. Where are they? <laughs> oh, they got a, they got a 
get delivered. Oh, they're on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I ordered them off Amazon with the filters. I'll tell you why this is so important. <laughs> because we have a four and a half year old who likes to pretend like she's baking and that's not a big deal. So she t- steals them from the kitchen, which is fine because she'll usually put them back. But then the almost two year old <laughs> finds them and <laughs> then we find them everywhere else but the kitchen. Yep. Yeah. So I made an effect effective decision i'm very proud of your unilateral decision that you type of measuring cups that we got (laughs) but i didn't check in with you so i'm telling you just like i'm telling everybody else that's listening to us right now (laughs) i bought some collapsible measuring cups our life is so exciting (laughs) (laughs) so yeah no but but like you were saying though to get us back on track like you were saying that would be kind of Irate. I feel like you would be irate if I came in and was like, hey, we're moving yeah. to New York, you know, except for the job there. Right. Because it affects everybody. And it I think, does. like, obviously, people are like, well, of course. Yeah. Duh. Like, of course, because it impacts you. And so I think that's something you have to think about. Like, say you have a problem at work and you're like, I could just easily take care of this by yourself. I can't even tell you guys how many times I've thought about that. Like, this was just, I could easily make this decision. Yeah. I could easily even carry it out, probably. But if it affects a lot of people, if they're going to be impacted, they're going to want to have some part of the decision. It doesn't mean that like as a leader, you have to let them have a lot of say in the decision, but you have to give people buy-in and you have to get them to understand why you're making the decision in the first place. I think what you said um, kind of transitions right into the next point Um you said, who will carry it out? Will you carry it out or will the team carry it out? That's true. Um, I think that's very important. You're making a, a, a team decision and they're going to have to carry <laughs> it out and they had no say so in it. Right. You're going to have some mumbling and grumbling going on. It's true. That kind yeah. of stuff used to make us so mad. Oh, yeah. But now you're in a position where you probably have to do this I a do. lot. And yes. now you understand. I get it. Yeah. And I try my best yeah. to get input. At some point, Mm -hmm. you know, even if it's minimal input um, to give the opportunity. Yeah. So that that buy in, like you said, Mm -hmm. and when it comes time to inspiring and encouraging them to carry it out, they don't feel like it was just like you said, dictated and put on them. So, yes. Have you ever had to make any decisions like you had to make the actual decision and then you went back to your team and you're like, I already made this decision. It's going to happen. It's gonna have to go and then like people were not on board yeah i have and then how did you deal with that um you know i've had to do that and the way that i approached it when i was communicating with them about what we were carrying out and usually when it happens it's like something that's fast paced we need quick turnaround we need a quick response when i make those type of decisions and i let them know that up front i'm like hey something was put before me and in that moment, I had to make a decision for our team because they needed a response and we could have missed out on an opportunity. I felt like I made the best decision for our team and I'm going to need you all to support me and back me on this. Mm. I usually wouldn't do it like this, but in this instance, I had to because I feel like it was a great opportunity that was put in front of us. And I feel like we can excel at it. And I feel like we can knock it out the park. I need all of you all to be on board as we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the approach that I took. And that's most of the time, like when I make those type of decisions, if I have some time to like think about it and maybe go to them, I don't just like sit on it and I got like weeks 
to think about it. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm just going to make a decision. <laughs> um, I, I try my best not to do that. Have I had to do that before? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's when you have to um, kind of be more of that authoritative leadership or leader because, you know, some people are just not going to be on board and mm-hmm. they can hinder the decision being made mm-hmm. or even get you to question mm-hmm. the way that you feel like you should make the decision. So mm-hmm. it's better off just not, you know, getting them involved and making a decision and then coming to them and saying, Hey, this is the direction that we're going in. I need you to be on board and this is what I need from you. And this is what I needed from you. I got you. Um, so I've had to do that before too, because you know, you just kind of know yeah. the people and you just, and say like different personalities yeah. can clash for sure. Or yeah. So I, I would think that would be difficult, especially yeah. when it's major decisions. So, and I think this is, so I, I want to kind of get into like the steps of how, to do this, how to make these really big decisions, how to make them effectively. And I want to do this because a lot of times we talk to students who are graduating or like people who might be in the workforce, but are like a little bit newer to the workforce who know us um, from when we supervise them. And they might have questions about how, like, how do I approach these really big decisions that are going to impact so many people? And so I kind of wanted to go through the steps. Okay. Um, but I definitely want you to chime in because I think you have, especially will. at the leadership level that you're at now, um, I think you probably see it a little bit differently than even we did a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, and so first, I think, Obviously, you have the problem. So you have to classify and define the problem. And that might sound really simple, right? Like, here's the issue we have. You know, like, we need to... I can't even think of a... We need to move somewhere. No, I don't know. Yeah. But but no, you have this really big problem. And so it might be something like, okay, this is the problem. So when I say classify and define it, that's really defining it. And to me, that means like... You're exploring all of the context within what this problem entails. So so my honest example that I can think of is like a budget problem, right? Like right. we need to have money for maybe a program or a service or to, you know, get a facility. And so we need the money for this. And if we don't have it, then we have to define that actual issue. Yeah. And so... That's it could be as simple as saying we don't have the money. That's the problem. Great. But you got to kind of figure out and dig in and get into why. Like if there's not money, why is there? Is there policies that are withholding money? Is there, you know, people like we're not bringing in as much money or profit? Our profit margin isn't as high as it was in the past or, you know, you have to really dig into the why of the issue because if you don't, then all you're doing is looking at this from a very basic level and then you're not solving a large problem. You're going to just put like a bandaid on it instead of solving the issue. I like what you said and I like the two words that you use with, um, you know, classifying, which is easy. Everybody can classify a problem. <laughs> Everybody do that on a regular basis anyways. Mm-hmm. You don't have to ask people to even do that. They classify it for you like, yep, there's a mm-hmm. problem. But when you said define it, I think defining is, like you said, digging a little bit deeper and defining what the cause and the why is. 
um, are that are making that a problem. Yeah. And I, I really like that you said that. And I think it's important because if you don't do that, you don't know if you, especially again, going back to, you know, the workplace, but actually this could permeate any major decision that you have to make. But the reality is if you don't take the time to define it, then you're not getting all the information to see if you even can make the decision. Because like, let's say, go back to a budget example. If you're low on money for something, if you dig in and you define it and you say, well, here is one of the causes and that is because of policy or whatever and something that you know is going to be very difficult um, or very arduous task for you to change, then that's going to be something that you might be like, this decision needs to be put on hold for a little bit and we can do this later. But if it's something like, you know what, our profit margins weren't as big last year, we weren't bringing in as much revenue, but I feel like we can bring in more revenue this year. Like this is a solvable problem. It might still be a big issue, but it's solvable. And so I think that you you can't determine that until you actually sit down and get past the simplicity of the issue in the first place and dig a little deeper. Right. So the next step is you have to, I love this step. This is not something that I do. This is so funny because when I was writing these out um, and I was looking through all of the resources uh, and I can list them below one, the main one was a Harvard business review article. Um, but when I was looking through these, I was like, I don't really do any of these, <laughs> but oh Daryl does these, Yeah, you know, process and it's just, oriented. right. You're very process oriented. Yeah. So this is how you solve issues and it makes sense. But I love this one because I have never approached or thought about a problem like this before. And this step was to decide what is the right way to solve the problem instead of what is just the acceptable way. So you do this up front. You say this is a really big issue and it involves a team decision. Bring your team together, sit everybody down and say, what is our optimal Like, what is the optimal way that we would solve this problem in the right way, in the right context and do it? I mean, it's almost like saying do it with integrity up front. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And solve that issue up front. And so you have to know that before you can actually solve the problem. Yeah. I think that that's that's probably the most important step or one of the most important steps in the process. Because like you said, it's easy to just find a solution that's acceptable. Mm-hmm. You know, the going off of the example that you're talking about the budget, um, it's easy and accept, acceptable answers. Like you said, hey, let's find ways to generate more revenue, you know. And um, if that's something that you have tried before and you're not exploring what didn't work with that or mm-hmm. if it's something that just won't work in the situation or circumstance that you're in, have you considered that? But it is an acceptable solution. Yeah. Um, but it might not be the right one because you haven't explored, you know, have you done it before right. or will it work in your certain search, uh, situation or circumstance? Right. Yeah. I, I think it's important. Um, and then I think from there, you know the like if you had the optimal solution and you had all of your resources available, like this would be what, how would you want, you would want to solve the problem. Yeah. And from there, what this article recommended doing was kind of work backwards, right? So you use this model and say, this is the ultimate goal. 
that we would like to get to with this problem. But we know that somewhere along the way, we might end up having to adapt to this or make some concessions or some compromises, especially if it's a very large team decision that affects a lot of stakeholders, because you may not be able to just make that decision to do it the exact right way. For whatever reason, you might be short on resources. You might have to rely on somebody else to help you with that decision. And they may not think that your exact right way decision is the right way that they would do it. And so you have to come together and compromise on that. Yeah. In order for it to be effective, though, I I like what you said. You have to start and work your way backwards Mm -hmm. because in order for it to be effective, it has to have an effect. Mm -hmm. So therefore, it has to solve the problem you yeah. know it has to align you the right way it has to lead towards the result those results in order to get the full picture yeah you have to start with that and work your way backwards <laughs> once you determine if the decision is the right one right yeah and i think about this in context uh even like our personal lives yep right and we decided a year ago that we wanted to be healthier and to eat healthier. And we're like, okay, optimally, we can lead this vegan lifestyle. But you have to, that was our goal. And so we had to work backwards from there. So every day we're making these decisions about our diets to stay on this path and to be plant-based. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. that all kind of adds up to that ultimate goal of like, we want to be healthier and we want to, you know, have a plant-based diet, but we have to choose that every day. Yeah. And we had to work backwards to find out um, what was optimal for us mm-hmm. from buying the food, preparing mm-hmm. the food, um, also taking into consideration lunch, Yeah, you know, um, and kids. when we're traveling <laughs> and the kids and all of that. Yeah. So um, without deciding and, and, and coming up with a decision that was right for us and then planning it out and thinking it all the way through and working our way backwards. Yeah. I don't think that we would have stayed with it one. And I don't yeah. think that we would have um, seen as much success as we have mm-hmm. with it. And I think that's the reason that so many people will actually see success who like start a diet and have an ultimate goal. Yeah. Because now we're going back to what we've first initially talked about was it's either this very simple, simplistic decision of like you walk into the kitchen in the morning and you're like, what am I going to eat this morning? You know? And I mean, sometimes we do that, but our food, the food that's available to us is based on our choices that we made for our ultimate goal. Yep. And so I think it's a very different mindset. Like even now we typically meal plan for the week. So we stay on a track of like, this is what we're going to do. And it works for our our plant-based meal and our plant-based nutrition and our budget. And we just make sure it falls in line with our goals. Otherwise it'd be easy to be like, let's go eat out, you know, and bust our diet and bust our budget at the same time. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so anyway, I think this is a really important, I like that, like know ultimately where you're going to go. The ultimate, like this is the right decision, the right solution to the problem with the utmost integrity and then work backwards from there, no matter what this big problem is that you're facing or big decision that you're facing. Um, and then real, the next thing you have to do is act on the decision. I feel like that's the hardest part. It can be. <laughs> that's the hardest part to mm-hmm. act because you can sit there. I feel like I've been a part of, you know, I'm trying to think through this because I don't want to like 
say anything that's gonna put anybody on front street <laughs> but i've been in a lot of situations to where we've done all of the first three like we've like all yeah. right we got this problem we got to come up with a solution like what's the yeah. right solution this is the right solution come on let's make a plan let's work our way backwards and then we come up with this elaborate plan and it looks good and we have it read now they got some graphics and then it just kind of hangs out right there yep. you did all of this work defining the problem classifying the problem um, coming up with the right decision for you and then kind of um, mm. planning it out and working your way backwards and then when it's time to move it's like you find a new problem and then you start that process again with something else yep. and then once you get to this state then it just kind of hangs out there and then you classify and define a new problem. <laughs> and you got like all of these decisions that have been made and all of the layouts and designs of how to move forward. But we don't take action on any of them. Yeah. And then you look up and you just got like tens, twenties of those just hanging out. <laughs> but nobody's taking any action. But you ever been true. in a situation? Yes. Like, oh, my goodness. But you know what's funny? This makes me think of, like, how important the team is, especially when we're talking about, like, multi-level and, like, multi-partner decisions, like, mm -hmm. team decisions, because I see, like, I know you and I see you as a visionary person and, like, a very, like, very strategy-oriented, like, 10 years down the road, these are the decisions. Yeah. Like, this is where we're going to be, and this is the decision that, like, this is ultimately where we need to be. Here are the decisions along the way that need to happen. I'm not saying you're not a doer, because I've seen you be a doer, too. But yeah. I think that it's important, because I don't think that one person can usually do all of it, or if they do, they're going to face burnout quickly. Right. And so I think it's important that if you know that your strength is, like, being the visionary, like having the strategic timeline in place and Building being able relationships to get there. To do it. Right. Yeah. Like you kind of do all these things. So once you do that, you, ha you have to build your team with people who are doers and yeah. action oriented. Definitely. You know, and I, I guess I'm kind of speaking for you. I don't know if it's true, but do you ever feel like, okay, you have this big decision and you're like, all right, I need, I need people who will execute now because I've got the strategy, I've got the vision, and now I need the doers. Yeah, um, I'll tell you what. Um, what one of I guess my biggest challenges that come along with that because I feel like what we're talking about there is like three definitive like categories that we're talking about. We're talking about information. Mm -hmm. We're talking about people, mm -hmm. and then we're talking about like attachments, and uh, that could be emotional. That could be, yeah. you know what I mean. I feel like those. If I had to pick three things and wh yeah. where we are on our list right now for information people and attachment and i feel like i'm good with the information piece i feel like um i'm good and, and i'm continuing to grow and improve with the people piece because mm -hmm. i can build a relationships and i can inspire and motivate but then it's like just that expectation that they're going to just get it done it's <laughs> yeah. kind of where i just drop off i'm like all right okay. like you got it like you go. go do it go <laughs> and the following up with them and the checking in, like I'm working on that because mm -hmm. that's something that because of how I am, if I know that there's something I need to do, mm -hmm. you ain't got to check in with me. You ain't got to follow up and you're going to get it when it needs to be done. But some people need that yeah. encouragement, and especially when we're talking about making decisions, whether they involved or not. 
Like, you just got to kind of go and be like, hey, like, where are you at? This is good. You're still on board. So that's where I'm still kind of growing at. Um, But the um, attachment piece, I think, for me is where I struggle the most because I can detach from stuff like so easily and so quick, no Mm. matter if it was me who came up with it or if I made the decision or if the decision was given to me to carry Mm. out, like I can detach and be like, all right, cool. This didn't work. We're not doing this anymore. Let it go. But, um, I feel like, you know, that accountability for other people and getting Mm -hmm. them to understand and using the information that I have in a relationship, um, you know, management skills that I have to get them to like detach and yeah. like, come on. Like that's, I feel like an area where like I struggle the most with my team Yeah, is getting them to, to get there because um, when you're talking about making effective decisions and big decisions, like if it's around something and you know, the reason that you're resolving an issue and it's a big one. That means it was big enough to where a lot was impacted by it. So mm. therefore, it's going to be a lot of moving parts. Yeah. You know, it's not like one of the little small ones where it's like, oh, I'm going to go put on blue pants today instead of black pants. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like a big decision where a lot is mm-hmm. impacted by it. So there are going to be a lot of moving pieces and a lot of moving parts. And you just got to be able to detach. Yeah. So um, that that's kind of how... I mean, that's how you work. I think it's yeah. important too, like, especially if you have a big team and you guys all have to really work hard together. I think it's important up front. And I think we've talked about this in the, in the leadership episodes too. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important up front for you and your team. I'm not saying like you, you, but like leader, a leader and their team, everybody on the team to understand not only the roles and responsibilities that you all have on the team, but then how everybody functions right? and then be able to bridge those functions and those roles with the appropriate communication. Mm-hmm. And that's hard because it's usually put on the part of the leader to do, yep. which is usually why they're paid more because <laughs> you have to be able to lead your team. You have to be able to then effectively communicate with your team. Right? So right. if your role is to be visionary and to really think through ahead and be a strategic thinker. But you know that, for instance, you detach often because you're like, I put this out there. We talked about it. These people, you know, their job is to go and execute and fulfill. Right. And so it's almost like you just have to make sure that communication is, is still going on because, and you have to know your people right? because you have multiple people. So you might have people who in their role and the way that their skill set is, they're like, okay, we could talk about something in very um, broad terms without too many specific details. And I can take what's in Daryl's brain. I can transfer it to my brain and also make it my vision. And then I can execute it and do it appropriately. Right. But you might have people on your team and this is all hypothetical because I don't really know how the people on your team work, but you could have people on your team who are like, okay, I hear what Daryl's saying, but I need a little more communication. I really need very specific detailed instructions right. of how to actually do this and carry it out the way that I, that I want him to be proud of me, you know, in doing. And so I just think that's interesting. And I think that as the leader, like you probably have the responsibility yeah. to make sure that you're communicating that way with everybody on your team, which blessings yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. a lot and that's like I, that's like i said like my like 
my weakest point out of those three that I gave was that attachment piece. Yeah. Because I drop it off and I detach and I'm yeah. gone. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, I'll be back to pick it up. <laughs> I need it to be done when I come back to pick it up. <laughs> and they might be thinking like you are like, okay, he told me all this, but that's like in Daryl's head. I don't yeah. get it. <laughs> I need some specifics. Need some, I'm like, nope, you got it. Let's go. Come on. Keep moving. <laughs> so I'm working on that part. That's so funny. But I do, I agree. I think acting on the decision is the hardest part. And so, and so we're talking about this from very much a team perspective, but I think it's important to, if you're talking about like a major, just individual decision. And like, if you have trouble acting on major decisions just to solve issues, or you have a very big decision ahead of you, I think it's important. Obviously acting is important. You have to act on it. And sometimes you just have to break those steps down because maybe acting on a big decision is intimidating for you. And you might be worried about, well, I, you know, went through all these steps and I've, you know, explored what are all the benefits and what are all the pros and the cons and everything that could go wrong and everything that could go right. You've done all that. You're confident in the background of your decision, but to act on it, you're scared. Maybe just break it down into chunks. Like week one, I'm going to make sure that I fulfill this part of the decision, which would be like the first action step. I think that's important. I think that helps a lot when you break it down like Mm -hmm. that, especially when it's a big decision. You have a lot of moving parts. Mm Mm-hmm. It also will help you kind of pull those pieces together and align them and see where everything falls so you can know what your priorities are mm. and what's not a priority. Um, because I keep, you know, going back to and thinking about like we talking about effective decision, big decision. Mm-hmm. The people that are going to be involved are going to have like all of their individual parts. You're going to have your individual parts. You're going to be throwing stuff at them. They're still trying to juggle theirs. And then they also have to work collectively. Yeah. So um, I definitely think, like you said, breaking it down and going through the steps and identifying and categorizing them by priority yeah, and then assigning them to timelines Yeah, definitely helps. Well, that provides, and I didn't put this in here, but it's really, really important, but that provides a sense of accountability. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important, whether you're making decisions in a big team or if you're making decisions individually, even if it's an individual and a self-decision, I don't think you should be doing it in a bubble. I think you no. should... Tell somebody, tell your best friend, tell, you know, your husband, your boyfriend, your family, your mom and dad, whatever, your sister, tell somebody who will help keep you accountable. Yeah. And so you can go back to them. You can check in and and tell them, like, I'm on this. Make sure that I'm, you know, doing this big thing. Make sure I'm taking my action steps every week because this is really important to me right now, but it's going to be scary and intimidating for me. Yeah. Check back in with me. That's that second part. Like I said, those Mm. three you know, categories, people, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, Building information, people. Yeah. And then the last one is attachment. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And once you do it for so long and like you start to make progress and you can see the successes along the way, then that emotional attachment to it is going to kind of inspire you and push you to like keep doing it yeah. and keep checking in and yeah. keep making sure that it's moving forward. So that you reach the ultimate goal. Yep. So. And the last thing for me, but I mean for anybody, but because it's assessment related, <laughs> I love it. All right. Um, but it, it, it is to evaluate your decision. Even after you acted on it, it might be done. It might be like 
my husband decided we had to move to New York, and then you know everybody moves up there. I don't even know why. It doesn't we're not why moving. Why you keep saying okay. I don't know. To New York? I don't know. It was like the most extreme thing I could think of right now. I feel like, okay. I'm about to say I feel like we're gonna have a conversation once this is all over. No, we're not moving. Okay, I, don't worry, anybody. I, we're not I haven't done anything to fuss the move to New York. So no, am I supposed to be doing something, or you kind of setting me up? No, for a conversation. It's literally the one place I would not want to live. So it just seemed. Oh. Very extreme to me. Um, But but back to what I was saying, once you act, once you've kind of made this big decision and you've acted on it, I think it is appropriate to evaluate the decision. I agree. And I think like if this is a self decision or a personal decision, this might happen automatically where you're constantly evaluating like, did I make the right decision or I may, I feel like I made the right decision, but you're kind of reflecting on it. Yeah. I think where this can get lost is the other example and we talk about big team decisions um it's necessary to come back together with the team that was key in helping make the decision and then carry it out and talk to them about what that looks like i feel like this is important as well um this probably like the second most important one only reason why is because you know you gotta take actions and you got to go backwards to figure out what the um, big picture of the decision is. But I feel like this is important because if you made a decision and you're taking action and you're moving forward and then you stall out because something stops working or um, you find a solution that um, you may need to tweak a little bit that can kind of help you move a little bit faster or you need to change the trajectory. Like, I feel like if you don't evaluate, you'll never figure that out. Yeah, and I feel true. like you need to figure those things out so that once you get to the end, you can have the best outcome. Um, so if you don't evaluate along the way, I feel like um, throughout the process, you know, there may be opportunities for you to move a little bit faster or to even elevate what you're doing or the decision that was made. Or you may just need to completely change mm. directions. And once you evaluate, that's how you find that out. And when you check back in with the team, maybe what they're doing, and and I'm speaking from a leader perspective, what they're doing, you're not involved in that on a day to day basis or the in the weeds with that. And they may be like, hey, this is what I was trying before based on your outcome. This really didn't work out that well, but this is what I thought was the best way and what I had communicated with you before. I think we might need to change this. That affects the entire decision that was made mm-hmm. and it may impact other people that are working on other things that has to bring the entire picture together. Hmm. So that's why I feel like you have to evaluate throughout the process and you have to include your team with it. Yeah. And you have to make sure that you're checking in with them and evaluating where they are and have them also evaluating what they're doing. Oh, yeah, that's true. I just had to drop that. <laughs> but it's all true. I mean, I think that's right. And um, I think it's important to do this throughout. I think it's important to do this like once everything is done um, and over and just think about it. It's almost like a, I don't want to say like stamping it into history, but it's part of like it should be, it should go somewhere so that you remember like this is the decision that we made this past time. Right. In the future, like in five or 10 years, when we have to make a major decision that is similar to this again, we want to make sure that this is documented for, 
you know, whether it's us again making the same decision or whether it's the team coming after us that needs a historical context of this right. decision, it's important to make sure that we do the evaluation and document how it went. Exactly. So. Well. That was all. That's I all, seen all of I the saw points that I had. Yeah. So I guess just as a wrap up from me. Yeah. Um, and I was just kind of thinking through some decisions and things that I've made and some that mm-hmm. didn't work out and why they didn't work out. But anyways, I'm not going to go down that road. Um, I think that I just want to elaborate from me, just those three points that I said, those three categories, you got information, you have people, and then you have those attachments. Mm-hmm. I think that if you think through it um, in those three categories with all of these steps that we went through, I think that you give yourself a better chance and you put yourself in a position to be successful with any effective decisions that you're making. Yeah. Being that they are or they turn out to be effective decisions and not just (laughs) (laughs) random decisions. They're the right decisions, not just acceptable decisions. Yes. So love that. Anything else? That's it tonight. All right. Well, go out there and make effective decisions, all you leaders. Yep. Um, If you're not a leader, all you people. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I just want to include Everybody's everybody. Everybody. Go out there and make those effective decisions. You, you know, use these steps. Um, think about it. You know, you got information, people, and attachments. And um, you definitely want to make sure that you are um, classifying and defining. And then you want to make sure that you're choosing the right decision. Then you want to start big picture and work your way backwards. Yep. Um, and then after that, you want to make sure that you act, which is the most mm-hmm. important. You want to act. And then evaluate throughout the process so that you'll know that when you get to the end of the road, the decision that you made um, not only was the right decision, but it was the most effective decision. Yeah. So. Oh, one more plug. Oh, I was about to cut it off. Go ahead. I know you were about to do your your ending, but I was going to say one more plug. Um, We did talk about when times that we've had to make hard decisions as a couple that's one of my favorite episodes that we've ever done. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember what we called it. Making Tough Decisions. Is that, It might have been, it yeah, Making, making tough, tough Decisions. decisions. Way, it way, was, way back. Yeah, it was like, one of our first episodes yeah. that we ever did, and it is still one of my favorites, and it still is like, it still tops the charts a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Things that people listen and people to. do go back and listen to that one. Yeah. yeah, so if you want to know uh, some very interesting stories about yeah. our life. <laughs> making Tough, I think it's Making Tough Decisions. I think go you're back. right. Yeah. We'll add it in the show notes. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. It's All good. Right. All right. Cool. Well. All done. Until the next time. Bye. Peace. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe on any podcast platform and make sure that you rate us. Also, we do have a YouTube channel if you prefer to watch our antics and we also provide closed captioning. And if you want to know more about us, go check us out on our website at successinblackandwhite.com or you can reach out to us directly on social media. My social media handle is I am Daryl Lovett on all platforms. And mine is April Dawn Lovett on all platforms.